We're going to see here in this psalm a promise. And then there's some aspects of that promise, which is part of the promise too. Those are promises. And then we see a believer's response to these things. And then a believer's cry to be heard. That's so popular in our culture right now. Everybody wants to be heard, don't they? You didn't hear me. I want to be heard. I want to be seen by man. They're telling the truth. They're telling the absolute truth. We'll be heard of men and seen of men. and Don't they? Oh, we can be heard of God. What a thought. Psalm 20, verse 1. The Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. The Lord hears you. He will hear you. That's what it's saying. The Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. The name of the God of Jacob defend thee. Send thee help from the sanctuary. And strengthen thee out of Zion. Remember all thy offerings. And accept thy burnt sacrifices. Selah. Pause. Soak that in. Grant thee according to thine own heart and fulfill all thy counsel. We will rejoice in thy salvation. And in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. The Lord fulfill all thy petitions. Now know I that the Lord saveth his anointed. He will hear him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Some... Trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They were brought down and fallen, but we are risen and stand upright. Save, Lord. Let the King hear us when we call. Here's the promise The Lord hears thee, or the Lord will hear thee. In the day of trouble. That's what he said. If we know what that means, we can go out the door right now, get in the car, go home, and be happy the rest of the week. You can go home rejoicing. If you, if you know what that means. If you don't know what that means, oh, I hope the Lord shows this morning. I hope you'll hear me. The Lord hears you in the day of trouble. He'll hear you in the day of trouble. What's the day of trouble? We think our inconveniences are trouble and we're wrong. We think in our old nature, a wicked old man we came into this world in, we think the pain in this body, the pain in this mind, the woes of life, we think that's trouble. That ain't trouble. It's inconveniences. We think stubbing our toe is trouble. You know what I mean? We looked at that blind man Wednesday night. Our sin makes us think his physical blindness was trouble. Oh, he's in trouble. How's he going to make it to the store? How can he go here? You have to go to the grocery store, don't you? Well, I can't do all this other stuff. I can't do that, this or that. Well, you, you go to the grocery store if you get hungry, won't you? He'd have trouble doing that, wouldn't he? We think that's trouble. That's not trouble. That's not trouble. The day of trouble is when we are troubled over the sin that we are. That's trouble. You, th- you think you got problems? That's a problem. You think you got troubles? That's some trouble. That's trouble. Not sins, plural, that we have committed, though we truly mourn those. 
the ones we're aware of. I wish I'd never done them. I wish I'd keep from doing them. That we mourn our sins, but the sin that we are. Not the fact that we got caught. I used to hate that. You know, do something wrong. I didn't really hate that I did something wrong. I hated got caught doing it. Because <laughs> punishment's going to come, and I just seem to avoid all that. That ain't. Chasing's not pleasant. I don't want that. Everyone cries in the day of personal unpleasant things, don't they? Oh, God. That's all around us. Crying unto God. Uh, oh, OMG. And people write things out. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Floods coming. <laughs> they got flash floods up in Arizona. Somebody's on top of their car crying. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Oh, Lord. He said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. They ain't in trouble. They might be in a flash flood on top of their car with their kids inside of it. They got a problem on their hands. They ain't in trouble. That ain't the day of trouble. But the day of trouble when the Lord will hear. That day is that day when we are convicted of sin. When we see what we are by nature, what runs through our veins, the curse that not only all of mankind is born of Adam, but that I am. Do you understand that? I believed in total depravity. And then I realized after years, I was totally depraved. There's men and women all around this nation right now dying and going to hell because they think they, they know God. Oh, that He would give them trouble. I mean, come to them and shake them up and, and, and not hear who Christ is and what we are and then get through and say, hey, what's on TV last night? Y'all better call Saul's season finales tomorrow. Do you know that? Oh, if I could shake them. What I would give to bump into someone that was in trouble. I hardly know anybody that's in trouble. It breaks my heart. If I could find somebody that was in sin trouble, eternal trouble, the kind of trouble that makes you just collapse, makes you cry, makes you go, ah, and moan out because you can't do nothing else because you see what you are. All that kind of trouble <laughs> makes you only see what you are and your need of forgiveness. It's desperate trouble. It's reckless trouble. <laughs> You'll do things that natural man won't do. You'll forsake things natural man won't forsake. You'll turn from things natural man wants to cling to. You're going to do something different. You don't care what's going on around you. This is terrible trouble. And you know what I'm troubled over most? I'm troubled over how much I'm not troubled. I'm troubled at how comfortable I am in this skin and in this body and in this world and in this government and in this country and in this whole thing. And how I'm like, well, what they did down the street was wrong. And what I did, I probably shouldn't have done that. We become so calloused to sin, don't we? Me, I have become so calloused. Remember when you was a little kid and you do something, mom and daddy find out and you just weep because you knew you offended them? That goes like, what happened to that? We become callous to sin. Oh, me, right now. You, right now. You're callous to sin. What a shame. If you or, or I are ever brought across the path of someone like that that's troubled, not callous, but troubled, their heart's ripped open, it's been plowed through, it's dirt like Adam, and a plow went through it and busted the ground. <laughs> it's trouble. And... Here's really, really good news. This is life-changing news. You're going to be different. You ain't going to be the same. 
the Lord, L-O-R-D, all caps, the self-existent one, He hears you. He hears you. Abimelech did not cry out to the Lord as we saw earlier. The Lord spoke to him. The Lord taught him something, I think. But others did, didn't they? When John, there in Revelation 1.17, he fell on his face like a dead man. He was dead. What happened to Job? Job abhorred himself. He tore his clothes. Ah! Covered himself in sackcloth and ashes. That's somebody that's in trouble. Not like, oh, well, what's the team that told him to pray? Yeah, I got that. Different. Night and day. Life and death. That's the difference. Isaiah. Oh, that great prophet. He saw the Lord high and lifted up. His train filled the temple. What did he cry? Woe is me! I'm a man of uncleanness. I'm undone. Then he said, well, I saw God and I'm going to teach. I'm going to start a Bible school and I'm going to have a seminary and I'm going to go around and I'm going to correct everybody. He said, woe is me. That's that trouble, isn't it? That's good kind of trouble. That's when God's about to save somebody, isn't it? Those that are in spiritual trouble are those that cannot defend themselves from the law they've offended. They can't defend themselves to the Lord who gave that law. We have no leg to stand on. We can't be our own advocate. We have no defense from the powers of the prince of the air, Satan. We can't we ain't no match. We have no defense from that eternal death we rightly earned. We have no defense of ourselves in every breath that we take throughout the day. If we was alone on a deserted island, we have no defense of ourselves. Totally helpless, without covering, without a shield. Undefended. Look here what he says. Psalm 20 verse 1. The Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. The name of the God of Jacob defend thee. <laughs> He's going to defend you. You can't defend yourself. He's going to defend you. Who's going to defend you? The name of the God of Jacob. His name will defend thee. What's His name? What is His name? What's His name's sake? Call His name Jesus. For, because, He shall save his people from their sins. Is that what we call him? Do we call him wonderful? That one that said, Woe is me, he wrote this too. Call his name wonderful, counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. We call his name the Lord provides, Jehovah Jireh, don't we? He's provided all this. The Lord that heals you, that's his name. He's our peace, the Lord our peace, the Lord our shepherd. Jehovah Sitkenu, the Lord our righteousness. The Lord our banner, Jehovah Nisi. That's His name. That's who's going to defend you. He hears us. Why? Jehovah's shame, the Lord's present. <laughs> He's with you. Though I'm with you always. Those in trouble, those that cry out to be heard, are heard, and this is who defends them. That's good news. That's good news. Man ain't nothing and salvations of the Lord. That's good news. That really is. People chop my head off for it. There's a semicolon there. More to follow. More about this. Verse 2. Send thee help from the sanctuary and strengthen thee out of Zion. He's going to send you help from His sanctuary and He's going to strengthen you out of His holy mountain. Mount Zion. The name of the God of Jacob. The namesake of the self-existent one. Christ. He's going to defend those in the day of trouble that He sends the trouble. That's only ones. 
And He's going to send that help out of His sanctuary. What kind of help? Is He going to be your co-pilot? No. It's like a father helping a toddler. You want me to help you with that? That means I'm going to do everything in your presence. You're just going to watch it. Doesn't it? We understand that with little children. You've got to be like a little child to enter the kingdom of God, don't you? He's going to have to do everything and you're going to have to be witness to it. That's why we're called witnesses of Christ. We've seen what He did. We just tell you what He did. We just tell you what He says. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Let us go to His sanctuary. That's what some people call this auditorium. They call it a sanctuary. I, know, I never have called it that. But <laughs> that's what it's known as, right? This is the house of God. It's where He dwells. It's a sanctuary. It's where saints are gathered. And He's going to strengthen us out of His holy mount. What will happen in the sanctuary where the saints meet? Turn over to Psalm 73. A few pages there. Psalm 73. <clears throat> this is where the sacred things of God are gathered. That's His people and where Christ is preached. He's going to send help out of His sanctuary in our day, isn't He? Psalm 73. Verse 1 says, Truly God is good to Israel, even to such as are of clean heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped, for I was envious at the foolish. When I saw the prosperity of the wicked, for there are no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. They're not troubled. They're not in trouble <laughs> as other men. Neither are they plagued like other men. Therefore pride encompasseth them as about as a chain. Violence covereth them as a garment. Their eyes stand out with fatness. They have more than heart could wish. They are corrupt. They speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily. They set their mouth against the heavens and their tongue walketh through the earth. Therefore his people return hither. And the waters of a full cup were wrung out to them. And they say, How doth God know? And is there knowledge in the Most High? Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. Verily, I have cleansed my heart in vain. I have washed my hands in innocency. For all the day long have I been plagued and chastened every morning. If I say, I will speak thus, Behold, I should offend against the generation of thy children. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. You know what happened to David here? Same thing happened to me yesterday. I was just tore up and I thought, well, I'll go to a water polo game. Hit the reset button, get away from the desk. Then I'll get a message. Then I'll get a message. And I saw people driving around. I saw people walking around. And I thought, look at them. They have a weekend. <laughs> they have Saturdays off. Do whatever they want. Sunday, go to the beach. Go, go ride four wheels. Do whatever you want. Go fishing. And I thought they're walking around, their eyes are bugged out fat, and they're just content, and they're blaspheming God, and He ain't killed them yet. What am I doing? And I thought that in my head. And I thought, what blasphemy that is, and it would offend the generation of God's children. And I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. Boy, I shut down. I was in trouble. <laughs> I saw my sin. I saw what I was. I was in trouble. Verse 17 says, Until... That's what happened, wasn't it? Until I went to the sanctuary of God, until I went to His house, then I understood their end. 
I knew I was a sinner. I've had a day of trouble. He's heard me. I have everlasting life. Oh, I see they're in now. Now I ain't so mad at them. Now I ain't so, so jealous and envious, which are two separate things. Now my heart hurts for them. I'm going to pray for sin. We just sang that, didn't we? Boy, what a, that's a, that first song. I used to not like that song. and I wasn't singing down there. I was singing from up here. Oh, let's pray. Let's pray. Pray for me that the word of God could be preached, and and pray for sinners. God would save sinners, and and pray He keeps us till we see Him coming. Pray He He girds His loins about and serves us at that dinner table. What a thought that is! It's too good to hear it. David was at peace when he was brought to remember he was a vessel of God's mercy and grace. Nothing else matters. He saw his sin. Nothing else mattered, did it? And his trouble was eased. His defense was made known. His help was present with him and he was strengthened. Right then. Right then. When we need the Lord, truly. When anyone is made to know what sin they are. When whosoever sees what a wretch they are. The Lord sends help immediately out of his throne of grace because he's made them so. A sinner is a precious thing. The Holy Spirit's made them so. God's done that. That's the work of the Holy Spirit, isn't it? What about the elect? I thought about that somebody. Well, you didn't say election. What about the They're the ones that cry. <laughs> They're the ones God looks on first and makes them cry out. It, what a thought. The Lord does it. He sends from His sanctuary, from His throne. He sends help in time of trouble. You think about that. Nothing's changed. Look here in Daniel 9. Daniel 9. You got Ezekiel, Daniel. If you get to Hosea, you went too far. Daniel 9. Our Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. Look what happened to Daniel. I love this. Daniel's praying here. He's in woe. And we'll kind of look at just parts of this prayer. And in Daniel 9, verse 4. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, Keep the covenant and mercy to them that love Him and to them that keep His commandments. We have sinned. We have committed iniquity. We have done wickedly. We have rebelled even by departing, departing from Thy precepts and from Thy judgments. Look down at verse 10. Neither have we obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in His laws which He has set before us by His servants the prophets. We just ignored them. Yea, all Israel have transgressed thy law, even by departing, that they may not, might not obey thy voice. Therefore the curse is poured upon us. <laughs> it's poured on us. And the oath that is written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, because we have sinned against God. We've sinned against Him. Verse 16. O oh Lord, according to all thy righteousness, I beseech thee, let thy anger and thy fury be turned away from the city of Jerusalem, thy holy mountain, thy Zion, because, because for our sins and for the iniquities of our Father, Jerusalem and thy people are become a reproach to all that are about us. Now therefore, O oh God, O oh our God, hear the prayer of thy servant and his supplications and cause thy face to shine upon Thy sanctuary that is desolate for the Lord's sake. You have, have your spirit meet with us, Lord, when we gather to worship. Come here to your sanctuary. Come to your people where they're gathered. Verse 18, O oh my God, incline thine ear and hear. 
Hear. That's what he's begging, isn't it? Open thine eyes and behold our desolations and the city which is called by thy name, for we do not present our supplications before thee for our righteousnesses. Lord, we're not praying this because we've cleaned up the outside of our cup. We're not praying this because we just we knew to pray. Somebody taught us how to pray. We know fancy words to tell you. That's not it. He's praying, but for thy great mercies. Hear, Lord. Be merciful, Lord. I'm in trouble. I'm a sinner. We all are. Come to us. Be with us. Come to your sanctuary. Verse 19. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, hearken and do. You do. Defer not. For thine own sake, O my God. For thy city and thy people are called by thy name. Don't forget us, Lord. Stay with us. Verse 20, this is beautiful. And while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for thy holy mount, for the holy mountain of God, my God, yea, while I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel. Does that say the man Gabriel? We'll see it in just a second. Even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly. That's urgently. Right then, with haste. Being caused to fly swiftly. Touch me about the time of the evening oblation. And he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. At the beginning of thy supplications, right when you started praying, Daniel, when you was in trouble, you called out to God. The commandment came forth. And I am come to show thee, for thou art greatly beloved. Therefore, understand the matter and consider the vision. You're loved. At the beginning of your prayer, a commandment was made. And I had to fly with haste. I had to fly swiftly to you. Give you understanding, talk to you, and tell you the Lord loves you. You're His. You're bought with a price. You're not your own. He's your defender. What just happened? The Lord was listening. He heard Daniel cry. He heard Daniel pray to him and beg for mercy and call out in true trouble and mercy. And he looked over to Gabriel and he said, Go to Daniel right now. You get that? Comfort him. Strengthen him. Defend him. Tell him I'm his defender. Talk with him. Give him understanding. Let him know I hear him. Let him know I love him. You go tell him right now. I'll never forsake him. I'm with him always. Go tell him. Go tell him. Why he began praying. What a blessing. Daniel was heard. A sinner. That didn't earn grace. Didn't deserve mercy. Was heard. And immediately the Lord heard and defended and helped and strengthened him by one of his servants. He took one of his servants to send his servant to him. Is that just Old Testament stuff? There's an Old Testament God and a New Testament. No, there's not. He doesn't change. Nothing's changed. Have to turn over to Acts chapter 9. This is beautiful too. Acts chapter 9. <clears throat> the Lord had 
met this man who had marching orders to go persecute the church of God, thinking he was doing the Lord's bidding. Drunk and religion. Named Saul of Tarsus, and the Lord met him. He went to where he was. And he gave him some trouble. He was blind spiritually, and he didn't know it, so God made him blind physically. He blinded the eyes of Saul of Tarsus. He said, why you persecute me? He declared to him that him and his people are one. Didn't he? The Lord's working in Saul of Tarsus. Acts chapter 9, verse 10. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias? And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go to the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth. He prayeth. He's crying out. He's talking. The Lord's hearing him. He knew he he was praying because he just said he's praying. Behold, he prayeth. And he hath seen a vision, a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he hath authority from the priest to bind all that call on thy name. I get that. Ananias knew what he's walking into. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he's a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house and put in his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord, Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, hath sent me. Thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales. And he received sight forthwith and arose and was baptized. <laughs> he obeyed, didn't he? God told him to do that. He obeyed, didn't he? Oh, what a thought. Remember when Philip, Lord said, go down there, there's an Ethiopian, and it's on the side path. It ain't the main road. You're going to have to go out of, out of your way. You go down there. Get him. And Philip straightway went. He ran. Just like Gabriel. Went immediately. He flew swiftly. And Anas was like, oh, okay. The Lord said go. He had to make him, didn't he? He was nervous, but he went. That happened to Daniel. That happened to Paul. 25, 28 years ago. God sent me some trouble. All back. I was in trouble. First time ever. I knew about trouble. I was in trouble. I knew about war. I was in war. <laughs> There's a difference, isn't it? The difference between reading a book and gunslinging. I knew about sin. Now I knew I was sin. And immediately, because it came out of the same mouth at the same time, two-edged sword. There was a man, like Gabriel was a man, standing there giving me understanding. Well, I'd never seen that before. I'd never heard that before. God was using a man to teach me something. Show me what I was. Instruct me. He was there giving me understanding. He told me who sent him. It wasn't his idea to do the preaching. God sent him. He didn't do the work or tell me to do a work. He said God did the work. He told me you can't defend yourself. You ain't your your reward. You ain't going to get crowns. Christ is your shield and your exceeding great reward. That's what he told me. 
that fast. What about today? Right now? Maybe someone will be in trouble today. Finally. What would I tell them? Here's what God promised. Thus saith the Lord. Does that, does that get old to you? The Lord will do something else too. He'll send His ambassador to give His message and just say this is what the Lord said. Just like Gabriel did, wouldn't it? Just like Ananias did. Just like Henry did to me. Just like I do to you. He's got to give life. He has to bless it. I'm learning that more and more. I can stand up here and scream and kick garbage cans. I can set this building on fire. Or I can whisper. And God ain't going to keep you awake and make you listen to it unless He's pleased to do so. It don't make a difference. I'm nothing. He's all. I'm going to keep telling you about to him. Okay, that ain't enough. That's something, isn't it? The Lord's going to do something else too. Back at our text. Psalm 20. You think that's a lot to ask for? Mercy, grace to endure, defense, strength, everlasting life. Paul wrote now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly, exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. He's able to do more than that. He gives us more than what he just told us. We're not just reset to zero and then we're left to sort it out the rest. Alright, he's heard you. He sent some help now. Now you're on your own. You better clean you better get holy. No. That's not right. That's a lie. Look here at Psalm twenty, we'll start verse one again. The Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. The name of the God of Jacob defend thee. Send thee help from the sanctuary and strengthen thee out of Zion. And remember all. He remembers all thy offerings. And accept thy burnt sacrifice. Selah. Stop and think about that. He remembers all. A-double-L. Of our offerings. And He accepts our burnt sacrifices. Can you imagine that? That's important. That's real important. Well, what offerings do I have? What burnt sacrifices do I have? Christ. Christ. That's the only thing we bring. That's the only thing we have to offer. That's the only thing that's accepted of Him as a bloody sacrifice. He is our propitiation. Our accepted bloody sacrifice. Every jot and every tittle of the law, Him. Him. There's a whole lot required of us. You don't, we don't even know the part of it. Him. He's my offering. What do you bring? In my hand, no price I bring. Simply to thy cross do I cling. I cling to His person and His work. That's it. And the Lord remembers that. Has there been any times you brought offerings other than that? Has there been times you sacrificed something different? Just like Lot, just like Abraham, we saw it first there. Sarah, Abimelech. Don't make a difference. The Lord sees Christ in His people. That's good news. That's good news. He remembers all of our offerings and our sacrifices. Hmm. Verse 4. Grant thee according to thine own heart and fulfill all thy counsel. Speaking to the child of God, He's going to fulfill. He's going to grant you everything your heart desires. And He's going to fulfill everything you want to come to pass. All your counsel. All your will. Isn't that something? Anything you ask in His name, He'll grant it. But if we ask in His name, truly, 
We're going to have to consider what the name of the God of Jacob is, ain't we? We're going to have to think of who we're asking. We're going to have to think that He's our defense. We're going to have to think that He's our strength. That's going to consider. We're going to come through the mind, isn't it? If we're asking in His name. His blood was shed. My, all my blood's still inside of me. It ain't worth nothing. And then all of a sudden we think, you know what? I don't think I want what I want. I want what He wants. <laughs> you get that? Lord, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now we desire His will to be done. He's gave you a heart to want to do that. That's called eternal life. You must be born again to see the kingdom of God. He's gave you a heart that wants His will to be done. Natural man don't want His will to be done. He that don't want that. What a thought. What a thought. When there is unbridled submission, crying out in true, true trouble, casting all our care on Him who can save because there's absolutely no other option. There's a response to that. When we see all these things, we see He has to give a new heart. I can't decide to do that. If I'm going to be saved, God's going to have to do it. Man's nothing. If, if we see all those things, and we see Christ has to do all these things for us and has, a believer does something. He does something. Look here in verse 5. We will rejoice in thy salvation. Not my salvation. Not mommy and daddy's salvation. I was born in a good family. In thy salvation. We're going to rejoice. And, and in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. We won't promote ourselves no more. We'll promote Christ. The Lord fulfill all thy petitions. He answers prayer. Now know I that the Lord saveth His anointed. What's an anointed? That's something in the temple the Lord put oil on. Whatever that oil touched, that was separated, consecrated to God. That was for His service. And so those that He has anointed, and He says, that one's mine. He saveth His anointed. He shall save His people. He won't lose one. He will hear, hear Him from His holy heaven with the saving strength of His right hand. What's the strength of the Father's right hand? Christ sitting on His right hand. Isn't it? We will be turned from our idols. You know what Paul said in Thessalonica? He wrote to Thessalonica. He said, I know your election, brethren. And he said, you've turned from idols. You knocked that religious junk off. Is that, is that plain for today? You quit, you quit thinking you saved under a false gospel. And that's disgusting to you now. And you turn to Christ. We know that. That's what happened. What happened to Adam and Eve? Did they still wear that fig leaf underneath? That lamb's covering God made? God slew a lamb and covered them? No. They left the fig leaf. They had a new covering. What about Abraham? When he got called out of earth? He was there worshiping idols and that's throwing babies off of mountains and all kinds of stuff. Did he stay there? No, he left, didn't he? He was turned from it. Paul was preaching to and, and loving the Gentiles. That's a vast difference between taking up arms to kill every one of them. And <laughs> he, he was used more he labored more than them all. We turn from that. Verse 7, Some trust in chariots and some in horses. Some have confidence in the things of this world, the things that are seen. Touch not, taste not, handle not, 
do this, don't do that. That's what they have confidence in. Like a big strong horse. Like a chariot that gets you around. Some have confidence in chariots and some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord, our God. We'll remember everything He's done. They are brought down to the fallen, but we are risen and stand upright. David's writing, I'm risen with Christ. Christ hadn't even been born yet. We, we may, maybe we don't understand something about an eternal holy God. huh? Maybe we have something to learn. We are risen with Christ. What a wonderful thing that is. To know that right now I'm eternally secure in Him. Now I'm strengthened. Now I'm blessed beyond measure. I've had real trouble. What's earthly trouble? So what? <laughs> Good. Maybe the glory of God is going to be manifest in somebody. Right? I wish I had that confidence all the time. Now once this happens, do we get our tambourine out and we get fancy bumper stickers and we're just jolly and chipper all the time and we never get sick ever again? We're happy for a season, ain't we? But not continually. A friend of mine said this one time. He might have got from somebody else, but I'll use it. For a true child of God, yesterday's mercies will not do. There must be mercy today. Pay attention to me. I'm going to say it one more time. For a true child of God, yesterday's mercies will not do. There must be mercy for today. Lord, don't let me die in my sins. Well, I ain't I walked with Him for 28 years? Yeah, I have. And Lord, be merciful today. <laughs> right now. Is, is He my defense and my strength and my provider and my help and all this? He is. And Lord, save me. That don't make no sense, Kevin. It don't to a natural man, does it? It made sense to David. After everything David just wrote, after everything the church had sang that day, this is their hymnal. They sang it. Where do we end up at? We've had all this learning. <laughs> Ever learning and never coming to Christ. His people come to Him. Look here at verse 9. Save, Lord. Let the King hear us when we call. Didn't He start out saying, He hears you when you call? That's right, He does. What's going to happen again? Save me, Lord. Hear me when I call. What was Daniel crying? Was that God's prophet? Hear me, Lord. Hear me. He promised. He's promised these things. I want His promises. I know He taught me His promises. I want to hear His promises. I, I don't. I don't want to get lax and complacent. That's so. That's what did the Lord say about lukewarmness. He said, "I'll spit you out of my mouth." What can I respond to that? Save, Lord. <laughs> Isn't that it? Hear us. Hear us. Give us trouble. Make us cry. Hear us. He will. Amen.